There was a time I couldn't hear the music. Not for a long time. My name is Sam Cern. My revolutionary name is Lee Sok Ki. My age is 69. I was born on the 14th of April 1949 in village number 4, Commune Tresla, District 18, Region 25, in the glorious democratic Kampuchea. I am Khmer by birth, and I expect to die a Khmer. <laughs> A rat comes into your house and eats the food you've worked hard for. So your instincts tell you to get rid of the rat to save your food. But it's a horrible creature with large teeth and a long hairy body filled with lice and disease. It takes some time, but you will capture the pesky rodent. Holding it up by its tail as it writhes around trying to reach up to your hand to nip itself to freedom, you must violently shake it down to stop it from escaping. In this upside-down position, it's now subservient. Don't be fooled. The rat is a cunning creature. And make no mistake, to kill it quickly will only encourage other rats to come. Use a blunt instrument, and its terrifying screams will deter even the most brave of rats, leaving you to feed your family. But the rats are hungry, and many refuse to listen. Spring 1970 is how I embraced the revolution. You never forget your first. I was stationed in the Takeo province along the boundary between Democratic Cambodia and Vietnam. Our orders? Take no prisoners. In the thick of the night, we'd hide submerged in large hyacinth flotillas. The Mekong was the bloodline of our country, so peaceful at night. The calming paddle of water against the sound of insects as we floated down, seeking the embers of a village fast asleep. We came ashore, armed only with machetes, and executed our orders. They didn't tell us about the children. That was all part of the test, and the reason we received the beating. The village was razed to the ground, a magnificent effigy as a warning to others as we floated back to base along the Mekong. To kill without hesitation was the lesson that cost me a broken arm from my superior. Two days later, I made sure I never let him down. We were determined to uproot the parasitic life in our cities. We put the men, women and children to work in the fields. <laughs> we even liberated some women through this process. Women produced. Therefore, they'd been freed. <laughs> And here we are, old men facing trial for a crime that no one has any interest in. The masses are all looking down at their screens with more interest devoted to the lives of others, so don't bother them nor us. We're old, and we won't live much longer. Free us from this circus of a trial. 
We had. We had intellectuals, teachers, doctors and scientists, which had contaminated our country. It was a legitimate policy to create an agricultural society, to purify all external influence. They were not spared. We had no use for them in the fields. We shut the cities and sent the dregs to the countryside by foot, knowing many wouldn't survive. How do you expect the elderly, the sick and the very young to travel hundreds of kilometers? We saved our effort and our bullets. <laughs> More than 50,000 lay dead, sprawled on the roads leading out of the city. I wished more had died, as we already had our work cut out. We had a saying, to spare you is no profit, to lose you is no loss. You didn't come here for a trial. You're sitting there wanting to know whether there's an ounce of humanity left in me. When someone points a gun to your face and threatens to kill your mother, your father, and then bang, blows the brains of your little sister all over you. That's when real confessions start. Oh, we've had spies for the Americans, the French, and the British imperialists. When we captured them, we had a 100% success rate of extracting a confession made to order. Paranoia becomes second nature, and you do everything possible to make sure you're not ensnared by others. We were all afraid of losing power. We began to interrogate our own party members. Some even interrogated their own family members. Nobody could be trusted. We imprisoned and executed anybody on the slightest suspicion of treachery or sabotage. We turned a former high school into an impressive interrogation centre. Security 21. Simply known as S21. It was impressive because we always extracted the truth. The Americans were in a constant war, dropping bombs daily into Laos, Cambodia and Vietnam to repel the communist threat. They were so blind of their men coming home in stacks of body bags that their arrogance to continue waging a war in a jungle meant that everybody, including the United Nations, paid no notice to what was actually happening inside of Kampuchea. The new people had infected our way of life. Buddhist monks, ethnic minorities, intellectuals wearing glasses, and especially foreigners. We dealt with all of them. I recall an Australian man was captured off our coast, claiming he'd run into troubled waters. He was two weeks away from getting married. In just six days, we broke him. He was so desperate to kill himself that he hurled himself from the second-story block where he was being held. It was fortuitous timing, as the previous week a net barbed wire was installed to capture jumpers. Those who thought death would come easy. Never. He was a spy, and like the others we had innovative ways to break them and discard them. Nobody was left behind. Not even the women. Camp, it always happened at night. I knew what had to be done. The music was played at the loudest setting. We always conserved the electricity for the night to mask the screams. It's electric.
is. They really get you the first few times. But it had to be done. There was no food. There was barely enough for the soldiers. They were spies who'd betrayed us, if we didn't do our jobs. The mothers were led into a pit, where above we pointed our guns and demanded their hand over their babies. We never had enough bullets. Most of the times our guns were empty. Before my trial, they took me to Chong Ek. My heart stopped when I saw it. It was still there after all these years. Each infant was held upside down by its ankles. It was a calming experience for some, but for their mothers. They all shared their pained faces crying out for clemency. But all I heard was the music. I stopped thinking about it after a while. A hard swing against the killing tree was all it took to stop the crying and the writhing. Much like working in a factory, the task was repetitive to the end. Looking at the tree today, it's decorated with prayer ribbons for all those I took away. I think about my own children and grandchildren, and what a wonderful country I tried to create for them, and that one day they'll understand what it takes to free our country from outside influence. There was a time I couldn't hear the music, not for a long time, but today I hear everything. Defend a Dark Past, written and produced by Aman Abed. Sam Cern was played by Karim Cronfley. Yeah,